From Bregman MD, where we're all about psych solutions, I'm your host, Linda Corley, and this is The Breakdown with Dr. B. Dr. B, you put the Q in QTL, quality time left. Look at you. You are in Key Largo, floating on a boat, looking at the beautiful sea. You really subscribe to quality time left, don't you? Absolutely, Linda. Hey, look, I, I don't have uh, you know as much time left. I just had my 75th birthday, and I really believe in this QTL. And I think it would raise everybody's level of awareness by kind of living and quality time left. I mean, living in the moment. Don't take any more of life's BS. Uh, okay. And so standing up. I'm, I'm doing it, Linda. I'm telling you, I'm trying to do this right now. You know how the whole QTL philosophy came about was Wayne Huizenga, the businessman, was playing with the famous football coach, Jimmy Johnson. And Wayne said, Hey, Jimmy, you know, you're over 60 now. It's time to do quality time left. Start thinking that way. And, you know, the baby boomers are the largest generation alive today. And let's face it, we were the me generation. And we're now all over 60. So now we are starting to think about quality time left. Now, we talked about quality time left. Oh, a couple months ago. And you read your list. I read my list of what QTL means to us. And we both discovered that QTL is a very individual thing. You know, as you get over 60, you start to see life in a different way. But the way you, Dr. B, would live your QTL and the way I would is completely different. So you and I agree that we would have people, uh, friends, uh, experts, celebrities on the podcast every once in a while and ask them about their QTL. So we have a wonderful friend of mine. Her name is Dorothy Chiesa. Hi, Dorothy. Hi, Linda. You know, Dorothy uh, is going to talk to us about her QTL, but she's also going to talk about her late husband's QTL who John Ataya was the epitome of living quality time that he had left. He was such a wonderful man, Dorothy. I want you to describe him. Well, I was thinking of that when we were talking earlier, and I thought of two things that I, I can say honestly. He was the kind of guy that made sunny days funnier and, and rainy days sunnier. <laughs> to say him he just he was so much fun he was but he was always present we were talking you mentioned present he was always present and I think that's what did it he was always curious about everything and interested in everything whether it's just how you played a piano note or how you you know mixed cement it didn't matter he was always curious and therefore I think always present and I think I think doctor you're right that being present in every moment is really uh, how we begin our quality time I'm beginning mine now but he just, he just lived it every day, I think. And I think that was because he was so curious about everything. He didn't have time to think about what he wanted next because he was so into what he was doing now. Um, just give us your favorite QTL story about John. And I'm thinking about the one in, with, that involved champagne. Oh, almost everything involved champagne. That was part of it. <laughs> 
Oh, sometimes I know I know what you're thinking of. There was just every now and then he would just somehow just get up and go put his tuxedo on, come out, and that was it. That bottle of champagne. We should go to Linda's house unannounced, and I would put on a gown, and we would just knock on your door, and that would be the start of an evening together. And he would just do that, and people loved it. And every now and then oh. it occurred to him. I wondered why he did it too. Maybe he just maybe he just wasn't using his tuxedo often enough. You're right. He he turned every frown upside down. He, he, yeah. he, in fact, he made everybody laugh so hard that your belly would hurt. He was wonderful. Doctor, you had some questions for Dorothy about that now she is living her QTL. Well, Dorothy, look, it's so nice to meet you. After John passed away, how did you deal with that loss? Oh, I just sunk into a dark hole and stayed there for 15 years putting one foot in front of the other. And that was right. all you could do. I mean, he, he was such a huge presence that um, he just stayed with me a very long time. How has your QTL changed since John died? To tell you the truth, I was always a traveler. And now it's, it's I'm finally coming into that after a long time. I now want to travel all the time again, as long as I can. Um, and I'm now putting, I just took a cruise that I wanted to do for a long time. And whatever comes to mind, I think I want to be needed. I want to make people smile every time I can uh, and just do more traveling. And that becomes, I have to get rid of some old habits in order to be able to do the ones I want to do now. So, but I am doing that and I'm finding that to be very rewarding. It's freeing me up and making, making every day better. You know, Dorothy, it takes a little time to kind of, um, you know, get by the morning you know, to be able to kind of get involved with yourself, you know, without John. And, you know, the, the idea that it took later, you know, to do this is just like really appropriate. Like you took your time and, you know, he would be very happy. I am sure to see you happy. So I really think that you've moved on really, really well. And it's, it's a credit to you that you could even you could talk about it and help other people with it now. I love talking to people. That's that's always been been interesting. I'm loving now finding out what everybody's doing and how they're doing. And I'm I'm now interested in everybody's life stories. I'm interested in hearing how you started to be a psychiatrist, how Linda got into being a producer. Um, those stories now are becoming very interesting to me. Where before I think it was my story I was interested in, and now I'm yeah. interested in hearing other people's stories. And that that's a big difference to me in terms of how I'm using my time. Yeah, Linda. What do you think about this in terms of people's higher levels of adaptation? You know, that she's able to do things like that and give to others. Altruism. Well, I think what you said originally is true. Um, it's, it's very individual. I think some people find it easier. Some people get to it more quickly. Um, and some people take longer. I think that's a very individual thing. I don't know about altruism. I think that just means unselfish giving or without wanting something back. And that's always good to do too. And I, I think some people can do that and some people just can't. Some people need to have that thank you come back to them right when they're there. So that's, um, that's a different thing. Giving is a very big part of a bucket list. I think that's, uh, that's partly what makes you happy is when you're, when you're giving somebody and you know it's making a difference somewhere. Who doesn't want to do that? Exactly. 
Well, Dorothy, before we let you go, what would your advice be to fellow baby boomers that have not reached the QTL point? Either they've never thought about it or they're just hearing about it now. What would your advice be? Practice. Practice being in the moment every any, every minute that you can. I mean, I think in terms of money, money makes a big deal. If you think, oh my gosh, I've saved all this money now so that I can finally do this. But, but now you find yourself in a habit of saving, taking a big chunk and moving it over into something that is just going to let it go away is, is a big habit to turn around. And that might free up your bucket list. So I think you need to start practicing uh, what you think you want to do on your bucket list. Yeah, one step at a time. And then exactly. there's others like Dr. B who just jumped in the deep end, right, Dr. B? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, everybody has to do it their own way. Uh, <laughs> hey, Dorothy, I think you're doing fabulous, uh, uh, okay? And, you know, that was a big thing for you to kind of leap out and, you know, change, you know, how you were doing things. And, and um, you know, so I think you're an inspiration to a lot of people. Oh, aren't you kind? Thank you. Well, Dorothy, thank you for joining us. And go out there. Have a QTL day. All right. Talk to you later. You know, doctor, I knew John and Dorothy for a long, long time, and I always admired their marriage, their relationship. It was a lot of fun. They were a great couple. And I know that you have some secrets to a great relationship. And one of them, I'm sure, is add fun to every day. And you actually talked about talking about this subject last week. So Let's go. Let's dive in. And uh, so what are some of your secrets to a great relationship? Okay. You know, Linda, you know, I'm, I'm really glad we're going to talk about this. And look, I want to preface this by saying I'm just like everybody else. I, I mean, I'm trying to do these things. Doesn't mean I got them down, but, you know, I, I'm really trying to do them. And that's what I think it's about, you know, that we make an effort. And, you know, if, Look, since I'm like a neuropsychiatrist as well, we're talking about real brain chemistry. We're talking about dopamine levels and great relationships fueled by happiness. Okay. We're talking about soaring levels of serotonin rushes, you know, with having, you know, romantic contact. So in other words, this is a real thing. I mean, when you're doing this, there's a reason you're feeling good. Uh, okay? Wow. Uh, okay. So and it's not drugs, alcohol, no, it's just people. Okay. And look, you know, the whole thing, it really, the num- first tip I'm going to give is fun is a priority. I've treated so many couples throughout these years. I always say the same thing. Oh, you guys having fun. Uh, okay. That's what I say to them. Well, sometimes. Okay. Well, let's talk about that. You're not having fun. If people aren't having fun, there's something wrong especially in the beginning. Um, this is really important. Uh, to me, it was how much you bring to a relationship. In other words, people that really want to do 55%, not just 50%, they're going to have a real good chance to succeed. In other words, it's not this there for you. It's you know for, for both of you. It's how uh, both of you are enjoying it. Romantic love has been like publicized in all the the movies and stuff. And and look, if you're not friends and and you don't really uh, relate as friends, this is not going to work. You know, people used to spend 
a lot of years even know each other in communities, you know, when, you know, before we all spread out here, uh, on having a, a friendships. That, that's the foundation of, of the whole thing. Uh, yeah, you okay. know, right. Yeah. So when we were all a tribe around a fire, we grew yeah. up with this little boy that became our husband. We were playing together and learning together long before you take the marriage vows. And maybe that's why back then marriages lasted forever because they had that foundation, that friendship you're talking about. There's no doubt about it. I'm just saying what I do in my marriage, but what's really worked for me is that if we're having a bad fight, we have the code word friends. Boom. Stops <laughs> I love everything. it. Okay. And then we have this rule. We never go to sleep angry. And you know, it's very important. You don't have to be right all the time, you know, just get a thing over with in the past. You don't bring up old ones. Get things in the past. Okay, this is huge. I got married later. And one of the things I learned is the girls I like the most, they like my sense of humor. They thought I was funny. You know, they thought I was quirky. And my wife laughs all the time and giggles at things I say. I'm telling you, if people appreciate your quirks rather than they're down on them, that's huge. I, I take a good look at that, the quirks. Okay. Now then to, to move on again, this thing about bounce back from a fight. The thing is you got to bounce back and, and you just forget it. Put it in the past. Like we just said, and nobody has to win. Okay. So, and don't be avoidant conflict. Now, one of the things that I see in therapy so much is somehow people get hooked into, Oh, I, I, anger. I don't want to make that person angry, male or female in a relationship, that is not a good thing because then you become conflict avoid. Don't be afraid of anger of the other person. And really, it will really help. I think all of those are really good pieces of advice. Some are easier than others. You know, how to fight correctly is not always easy. The friendship part is and having fun. Well, who doesn't want to do that, right? Uh, okay, so you having fun, you got to have adventure. Go out and have adventure. Do new things. Certainly, the idea of knowing how to compromise, we talked about that. And, you know, lower some of your expectations by having fun. I mean, it doesn't mean you have to go to a candlelight dinner to have fun. You can have a lot right. of fun. So I'm going to end this thing off because the, really the whole thing you know, surrounds having your best friend, having fun with your best friend. You, everybody here listening could start doing that right away. You got to plan on it. You got to work at it. Really great advice. Well, you're a guy who is living your message. You are living QTL. You are living all of the things that you just said that make a great relationship. Because right now you're on an adventure in the Florida Keys on a boat. So I'm going to let you go and live out that adventure. Have fun. Appreciate it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye now. Bye. From Bregman, MD, you've been listening to the latest episode of The Breakdown with Dr. B. If you'd like more information or to speak to one of our top psychiatrists, just head to our website at bregmanmd.com to book a telepsychiatry visit from the comfort of your home. 
Hope you've enjoyed our latest podcast. Catch you next time.